You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Coast and floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Pick up the phone. Give us a call right now with your home improvement project, your do-it-yourself dilemma at 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. And may we say, Happy New Year's, everybody. It's been such a pleasure to be the source that you turn to for your home improvement questions for the last dozen years. And we are all ready to start another year. And I'm really excited. And Leslie, it occurred to me today mm-hmm. that uh, depending on whether you're hearing the show on Saturday or Sunday, this is either the last show we've done in 2011 or the first show we've done for <laughs> 2012. But regardless, we're here to help you kick it off on the right foot with some home improvement tips, some advice, some techniques, some ideas, some suggestions on how you can get those projects done around your house that you you really need to do. Maybe you want to focus on saving some money on your heating costs this year. We can help you make that home more energy efficient. Maybe the kids are getting bigger and the rooms are getting smaller. Why don't we talk about some organizational ideas? Whatever's on your mind, we want to hear from you. The number is one eight eight eight. Money Pit. We will start the conversation off this hour to help you start the New Year's off with a plan. So we're going to talk about New Year's resolutions that you can make for your home. And we promise they'll be a lot easier to keep than the traditional kind. And they may actually pay off a bit more, too. You might actually keep it and you might actually see results. (laughs) Also at this hour, you know, identity theft is a growing concern, especially this time of year with all that holiday shopping and the post-holiday sales. You're probably extra cautious with your transactions, but a growing trend targets kids. We've got advice on how you can protect them. Plus, as you begin to undeck the halls, we've got expert advice on how to store away the holiday decor so that it's ready to go again next year. We're going to talk with Gail Steve. She is the author of Right Sizing Your Home, and she will join us a little later. And this hour, we're giving away a bamboo workbench from Gladiator Garage Works, and it's worth over 300 bucks. Wow. So pick up the phone and give us a call right now. The number is 888-MONEY-PIT. That beautiful Gladiator Bamboo Garage Works workbench is going to go out to one caller that's going to get a real good start on their home improvement projects with that workbench. That reaches us at 1-888-MONEY-PIT. So let's get to it. Leslie, who's first? June in North Carolina is thinking about selling her house and needs some help with what repairs to do first. How can we help you? Yes, first of all, I'd like to say how much I love the show. Thanks, June. You're welcome. My husband and I have a three-year-old house with three bedrooms and two and a half baths plus a frog. Okay. We are trying to figure out if it would help the marketability of the house to add a closet and a bathroom so we can classify the frog as another bedroom. Hmm. Okay. Would it make any difference? In general, adding bathrooms always helps, Mm. but you need to compare 
your house to what's selling in the neighborhood because when you put your home on the market, you're com- you're competing with everything else that's around you. And you know, having you know an extra bathroom may or may not help you. It's really an appraisal question. I would check with some local realtors. You can ask them to do uh, a market value assessment of your home both ways. You know, with two and a half baths and three and a half baths, or whatever the case is, and see how the numbers play out. Bathrooms generally do get you the best return on investment, but only if you stay within what's for sale in your neighborhood. Okay. Thank you. All right. Good luck with that project. Thanks for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. All right. Now we're going to head over to Florida, where Harrison is working on a closet project. You've got some sticky racks. What's going on? Yes, the uh, closet racks are uh, kind of steel racks with a white plastic coating on them. Gotcha. And as they get old, they get sticky. And uh, I was wondering if there's any kind of solution I could use to uh, remove the stickiness to them. Have you tried cleaning the surface with rubbing alcohol? Uh, No, I didn't try alcohol. Rubbing alcohol, I find, is like the instant goo-gone master. You can also use um, a product exactly called goo-gone or goof-off or goo-off. There's a million of them out there. But I would try just, you know, with the cotton swab with some rubbing alcohol just to see. It's not going to damage the surface, and it really does a great job of removing any sort of stickiness. Uh Uh-huh. Okay, I'll try that. Uh, Thanks for your help. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Now you can call in your home repair, your home improvement question, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We are here to help you on this glorious New Year's weekend at 888-MONEY-PIT. Still ahead, want to know how to actually keep your New Year's resolutions? It's very simple. Just make promises for your home instead. We're going to tell you how to trim the fat and get your home in shape next. This is Jeopardy. Uh, I'll take uh, ways to lose money, 1000 This phrase for a house that keeps needing costly repairs is also the name of a home improvement radio show. Alex. What is a money pit? Good. The Money Pit is brought to you by ODL's Add-on Blinds. And close behind tempered glass, they eliminate the need for dusting and exposed cords, both problems with traditional blinds. Plus, they easily install over your existing entry glass. Visit www.odl.com to learn more. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And the number here is 888-MONEY-PIT. Pick up the phone and give us a call right now because one lucky caller who gets on the air with us today is going to win the Gladiator Bamboo Workbench worth $305. Man, that's a pricey item. It's a sturdy work surface and a heavy-duty steel frame that can support up to 300 pounds. That could take any project. It sure can, and this is just one of a huge selection of garage storage and organizational items from Gladiator Garage Works. Uh, they've got a new web-based tool also called Design Studio that allows you to plan it all out ahead of time. You can learn more about that at gladiatorgw.com. But pick up the phone right now and give us a call at 888 Pit with your question for your chance to win. Well, if you're like most Americans, now is the time that you might be thinking about the changes you'd most like to make for the new year. Whether it's losing weight, getting organized, making more money, you can actually tailor these resolutions that you've got in mind for yourself, for your house, and then you will actually keep them all year long. 
If you're thinking about making some home improvements this year but are worried about the expense, you might want to give top priority to those that can actually make you money when it comes time to sell your house. So take a look at the annual cost versus value report that's online at Remodeling Magazine, and you can find out which home improvements pay off the most. For example, if you convert an attic or a basement or you add a deck or a patio, those are the types of improvements that are high up on the list. Now, if your home's New Year's resolution is to go on a diet cutting the fat there would mean decluttering your rooms because crowded spaces, they're hard to work in, they're hard to clean, and they suck away your energy that you really need to put, you know, more focused into productive projects. And getting in shape means home maintenance, which actually could put you in shape at the same exactly. time. But lack of maintenance is the number one cause of deterioration in homes today. So even if you have a little time for home care, small maintenance projects around the house can actually save you thousands of dollars later when they become big, disastrous repairs. Mm -hmm. And if you're worried that these resolutions for your home aren't going to last, don't set yourself up for failure. Plan your improvements in small stages, especially if you're working on them yourself. You're going to feel a huge sense of accomplishment along the way by setting those shorter goals, and then you won't become overwhelmed. And we will help you not get overwhelmed with your project. So if you've got one that comes to mind right now, pick up the phone and call us at 888 Money Pit. All right. Now we've got Jill who's dealing with some issues in the shower. What's going on in your bath? Well, there are two things. Um, mold on towel around the tub that I cannot get rid of. And before I've had someone clean out the grout, regrout, and caulk, and it's all returned. Okay. And what's the second thing? The other thing is um, there's a leak in the spout, the tub spout, well, and the, the knobs, too, on and off okay. knobs. Well, the, the leak in the, uh, in the tub spout is stemming from the, the valve, and you're probably going to need to replace the valve seat, which is a minor plumbing project. Let's talk about the tile. The tile issue is, a, is, is because you have too much humidity and too much moisture in the bathroom. And that's why you had this mold problem with the grout, and then you got rid of uh, all of the grout, and it came back. That's because if you have, you know, water, soap, scum, I hate to tell you, but skin cells, there's a lot of debris that gets stuck on the tile lines and it feeds mold. Mm -hmm. And that's all mold food. Now, if you're not, you know, managing the moisture and the humidity in the bath that you generate with a shower, it's just going to consistently feed that mold and you're going to keep getting it back. Now, what you need to do is obviously clean with a bleach solution to get rid of the mold, but also manage that moisture with a vent fan. Do you have one? Yes, I do. And the vent fan should be hooked up so that it runs for about 20 minutes after you leave the bathroom. Most people run it while they're in the bathroom. And then turn it off. And then turn it off. It ought to be on a timer. You know, when it's really, you jump out of that shower and then you open the door and now you've got the mix of the hot and cold and you get condensation and that's when the moisture really becomes an issue. So you want that vent fan to stay on to help remove it. Exactly. And in terms of the actual material that you use for the grouting, maybe too late for this now, but let me mention to you that if you ever decide to uh, saw away the old grout with the grout saw and regrout it again, you want to use a product that's got a mildecide in it um, Laticrete is a big grout manufacturer, mm. and they have a product that's got uh, microband in it, which is one of those uh, mildecides that kills mold. And it's also you also find it in certain types of caulk, like DAP has a caulk that's got microband in it. And those microband additive products are very, very mold resistant, and so a lot less likely for it to grow back. 
What about at this point, if she's able to clean off all that mold from the existing grout, can you seal it at this point with the nah, sealer that's well, got? I mean, you could, but you almost never get it that clean. If you got it really super clean, then you could seal it with a silicone cleaner, silicone sealer, and that makes it a little bit easier to care for in the future. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome, Jill. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. David in Maine, you've got the Money Pit. What can we do for you today? Well, I got a problem with some wallboard. A crack in my drywall uh, is pretty much from the top to the bottom, pretty much in a straight line, vertically. Okay. Is and, that over a seam, David? Uh, that's what I found out. Yes, it was over a seam, <laughs> and right, it was yes. over a two before. How about and that? For, unfortunately, when I tr- uh, took a utility knife and started carving it out to make a V-shaped profile, I found out that one side of the uh it was over a two before, and one of the wall boards, one piece of the wall board was basically floating. <laughs> okay. so my question is, is there some easy or cost-effective way rather than, other than just replacing the whole uh, four-by-eight sheet of wall board uh, to fix that or to secure it so that it doesn't float? Hmm. Well, here's the trick. I mean, there are ways to repair that, but essentially you have to cut... A hole in the wall to do that. Uh huh. Hmm. I'm wondering if it's easier to fix one or two. I'm thinking, Leslie, the easiest thing to do here would be for uh, David to essentially go to the stud to the left and to the right of the disconnected drywall. Mm-hmm. Cut out both sides of it. So now you're going to take out a piece. Let's assume that the the studs are 16 inches on center. So you take one to the right, so you're 16 inches to the right, 16 inches to the left, and now you pull out a piece that's 32 inches wide. Replace that with a new piece of drywall that's 32 inches wide. You'll have two seams to tape instead of one. But frankly, it's not going to be that much more work. Because that one side of drywall is now floating and moving, even if we tell you how to fix that crack... It's always going to show up. It's going to come back fast. Yeah. So if you're going to cut the wall out, I mean, we could tell you how to cut it out right near that and slip in some wood blocking and then attach it. But frankly, by the time you do all that, the cleanest way to do this is probably to take that whole piece out by going to the left and the right, sort of surgically excise that one piece of drywall, bang in a new piece, tape it, spackle it, be done. You want to make sure you use perforated drywall tape because it's a little more forgiving if you don't quite get the spackle in there just right. Two, three coats, feather it out, prime it, paint it, and you're good to go. That's the only way. That's that's the way to do it. <laughs> okay, good enough. <laughs> Thanks for your advice. You're welcome, David. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIN. I think David was looking for the magic <laughs> potion that would mysteriously make a stud appear where once there was none. And I like how he was like doing surgical work on it, too. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he was digging it out. Well, you know, it was probably stuck together by the piece of tape that was there. Once he cut that, uh-huh, all of a sudden it, started it, became moving. A, it became a floater. All right. Mary in Texas is having an issue with a water heater and I think wants to replace it. How can we help? I have an electric water heater right now that I want to replace, and I would like to have a tankless electric uh, hot water heater. But someone told me that gas was better. Yes, gas is much better now. Is that a possibility for you? Do you have access to natural gas or propane? 
I have gas just on the heating uh, system. Oh, well, then you definitely want to use a gas tankless water heater. You ought to take a, the, take a look at the water heaters by Rheem, R-H-E-E-M. They are excellent. And you can find one that's very, very efficient. The reason you can't have an electric tankless water heater is because it's a whole different uh, way of heating water, and you'll use way too much electricity to do that. Now It'll be expensive. Right. There is actually a system for people that only have electric. But it's like a heat pump system, correct? Yeah, it's the HP50. Uh, Reem has the unit called the HP50, super energy efficient. It's a heat pump water heater combination unit that's super efficient. It meets all of the uh, Energy Star guidelines and it's eligible for federal tax credits as well if you buy one. Uh, so if you just have electric, you would go with the, something like the HP50. But if not, I would definitely use one of the gas-fired tankless units because I think you're going to be very, very happy with it. Okay. This ring is not a uh, tankless then. No, Reem no, is tankless. Have, yeah, Mary, they have tankless water heaters, and they yeah. have the heat pump water heaters. They have all kinds of water heaters, so you take okay. your pick. Okay. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Nikki in New York, you've got the Money Pit. What can we do for you today? Hi. Um, I have a question about uh, banging and clanging in my walls when the <laughs> heat is on. Is it uh, poltergeist? Do you have ghosts? <laughs> Hey, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> so does it happen when your heat first comes on or goes off? Um, you know, the heating system is not on any kind of heating schedule. It's right. just um, these, you know, units, and we control them. So they're never touched, actually. They mm. ma they're maintained at a certain degree, and that's right. it. But at night, uh, it seems to happen. So mm -hmm. it's not like... Well, is it a hot air heating system, Nikki? Forced air? Uh, yes. Okay, it's, uh, so a baseboard. Yep. Well, no, no. Now, if it's a baseboard, it's not forced air. If it's if it's okay. baseboard, it's probably hot water. Right. Okay. Sorry. Hot water. Yeah, that's okay. Right. Well, it's important because if it's a forced air system, the banging can be caused by one thing, and if it's hot water, it's 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 different. Um, if it's forced air, for those that have forced air that are listening to this call. Very often you get something called oil canning where the heating system goes on and fills up the duct system like a balloon and then the ducts expand and pop and make a noise and you can reinforce the ducts with strips of metal on the outside to stop that from happening. With a hot water system, you either have, uh, let's see, baseboards, so it's probably not steam. What's probably happening here is you've got some pipes that are inserted through the walls to get to the radiators. And what happens is when the heat comes on, the pipes expand and they rub against the studded wall. They rub against the wall where it comes through. And as a result of that, you get this really loud creaking sound that resonates throughout all of the pipes and amplifies itself. So the solution there is to try to trace the hot water lines where they're coming through the walls. And there's like a plastic bushing that can go around the pipe and sort of acts like a lubricant in, in a way that when the pipe heats up and expands, it doesn't drag across the dry wood and make that horrible banging sound. Okay, sounds like a solution. Thank you. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Up next, we've got tips on storing away those holiday decorations that are clutter-free and easily retrieved next year. The Money 
Pit is brought to you by Skill. And now you can easily cut through the most difficult projects with ease with the Power Cutter from Skill. With powerful lithium-ion technology and an auto-sharp blade system, Skill's lightweight power cutter will soon become your favorite tool, too. The Skill Power Cutter. It cuts just about anything. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Or this time of year, it's the Ho-Ho Home Improvement Radio Show. (laughs) I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Zagretti. And if you've loved having your house decorated for the holidays, now that the holidays are over, you might be looking around and trying to figure out what you're going to do with all that festive wear that's still about. Uh, And cluttering up your space. Well, we have some expert advice on how you can plan and store right now to make next year's decorating a breeze. We've got Gail Steves, the author of Right Sizing Your Home and former editor of Home Magazine, joining us with some tips. Welcome, Gail. Well, welcome to you and ho, ho, ho. Uh, I'm sitting here in a sea of Christmas ornaments, and I'm thinking to myself, how did a nice person like me ever gather so many? But I'm sure a lot of your listeners are in the same boat I am. Well, absolutely. So what is, what's the first step when you start thinking about putting stuff away this year that's going to really set you up for an easier experience next holiday season? Well, I think, you know, first of all, just, Take charge of your stuff. Don't let it take charge of you. And that, that's the, no matter what the season is or what the decorations are. And remember just to put them in some place, label them so you know what is in each box. I mean, there's nothing worse. You're, you're having a dinner party. You can't find those wonderful salad plates that you had. Many people, I find, store their unused lights uh, and many of the, of the old decorations that are maybe tattered and worn. Get rid of the old stuff and uh, also keep sort of a note of what you have. And kind of like your toilet kit, if you find things that you don't have, things are probably on sale so you can replace them. But don't store things that you're not going to use again. For many of us, we, we just somehow keep the tradition going. Even if you don't like it. <laughs> yeah, precisely. I mean, I have one unmentionable ornament because I'm sure my mother-in-law is listening, but, you know, right. I've really hated <laughs> it for a long time. <laughs> and what if you live in a small space? I mean, I've always had important decorations, and from an apartment now to my small home, you know, I just keep accumulating more and more holiday decorations, and I'm running out of storage space. So what's the sneaky trick? The sneaky trick is don't forget the real estate under your bed. Uh, you know, you don't keep your old T-shirts there. You know, your your ornaments are far more valuable, and um, you probably it's it's a good place for storing, particularly the fragile ones. Under the bed storage is one of my favorite places to put away those seasonal things. I have other seasonal decorations, and I just sort of trade them off. I have one little space, and so think about your bed under the bed. Mm-hmm. And in the small closet I have, I sort of rotate them, like the current holiday to the front, the one that just mm-hmm. passed all the way to the back. You're right-sizing, my dear. That's exactly what I hope you would do. We're talking to Gail Steve. She's the author of Right-Sizing Your Home, How to Make Your House Fit Your Lifestyle. Now, Gail, there's one room that you recommend we don't decorate. That's the kitchen. Why is that? Well, you know, it's a place where everyone gathers. You have more people, pets, everybody's in there, and it's a safety hazard. 
I think that, you know, the temptation is great to put all your cookie jars out and stuff. Put them in another room because there's mm-hmm. too many things that go on in that room, and I want everyone to be as safe as possible during the holidays. And you know what, Gail? That is valuable real estate. I cannot give up that counter space in my kitchen. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, <laughs> whether you're baking cookies or you're doing something else, there's always other people with you. You just need the space. Put your decorations in other rooms and leave the kitchen as a workspace. The book, Right Sizing Your Home, How to Make Your House Fit Your Lifestyle. The author, Gail Steves. Thanks so much for stopping by the Money Pit and helping us start to get organized for the new year. Thank you. Still to come, identity thieves are targeting a new group, kids. And since they won't be applying for credit anytime soon, you might not even know what's going on for years to come. We'll have the red flags to watch for and tips to protect your kids' IDs next. You live in a Money Pit. The Money Pit is brought to you by ODL's Add-On Blinds. Enclosed behind tempered glass, they eliminate the need for dusting and exposed cords, both problems with traditional blinds. Plus, they easily install over your existing entry glass. Visit www.odl.com to learn more. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Happy New Year, everybody. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And the number here is 888-MONEY-PIT. Pick up the phone and give us a call. We're going to help you with your home improvement New Year's resolution. And we're going to give you a chance to win a great prize today. We've got up for grabs a $305 bamboo workbench from Gladiator Garage Works. Now, this sturdy bench surface is an inch and a half thick with a UV-cured protective coating. It's got steel tubular legs, which are going to support up to 300 pounds. You can check it out at gladiatorgw.com. And the number here is 888-MONEY-PIT for your chance to win. 888-666-3974. We're going to talk a bit now about identity theft. It is a growing crime, and it's very hard to track normally, but... When a criminal steals the ID of a child, you actually may not even realize it until decades later. I mean, imagine having your child apply for his or her first car loan and learning that he's already 40 grand in debt. That's exactly what happened in one case. But there are ways to prevent child ID theft, and there are a few signs to look for that should make you very suspicious. Yeah. First of all, if you get an earnings report from the Social Security Administration for your child and he or she has never worked a day in their life, that is a huge red flag. If anyone ever asks for your child's Social Security number, make sure you check into why. In one case, a kids organization leader got this info under the ruse of needing it for medical forms and instead stole the ideas of several children in his care. That's terrible. Now, you can also put a freeze on your child's credit. This way, no one will be approved for credit under that Social Security number until the freeze is lifted. And finally, do not let your child carry his or her Social Security card. It sounds like a no-brainer, but people do this all the time. Never, ever give them the card. Just tuck it away in a safety deposit box or another secure location. And, of course, teach them to never give the info out online. 888-666-3974 is the phone number we will give out on air and online because we are here to help you with your New Year's home improvement project. Give us a call right now. Let's get back to it. Leslie, who's next? Tracy in Missouri, you've got the money, but how can we help you today? I think I have water coming down my wall between, um, we have a room that used to be a breezeway that was converted into a living room. And so from that roof, there's um, an awning 
for a little porch outside, and I'm just thinking that it's leaking between the top roof and where it comes down to the awning roof. So when you say awning roof, do you mean, you don't mean like awning as in a canvas awning. You mean like a regular shingle roof that's intersecting with the higher pitched roof. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. The upper roof falls to the what you're calling the awning roof in terms mm-hmm. of the rain, rainwater. And the awning roof is below, about by the upper roof by about four inches. So that gap or that intersection between the two might be where the water is backing up. I suspect, based on your description, that that's exactly what's happening. What you suspect is happening in this intersection is happening because, frankly, it's a tough connection to make. It's got to be properly uh, constructed. It's got to be properly flashed or the water can back up. Has it always been this way or is it kind of just recent that you start to see the leaks? That was an issue probably even before us. Now, we did remove that awning and reapply it um, which is probably not the best way because we just basically uh, used a tractor to take that roof off and then put it back on. You used a tractor to take the roof off? What did you do, tear the whole thing off? Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Maybe you were a little too rough. With the with, with those uh, attachment points at that point in time, I don't know. Well, look, there's problem between the two roofs. You got to diagnose it. What I would suggest you do is get up there with a hose and let uh-huh. some water from a garden hose run down the upper roof to the lower roof. See if you can make it leak. And once you make it leak, you can find out, narrow down the area where the leaks actually happen if it's not visually obvious to you, and uh, take it from there. Okay. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 money pit. Larry in Texas has some questions about a foundation. What can we do for you? I purchased this house uh, back in July. It has a slab foundation and uh, the foundation had previously been leveled and uh, the inside the house it has some cracks around the door frame so I'm just wondering uh, how can I fix that? Okay well you bought the house in July so you haven't really had a lot of time, a lot of time to determine this Larry. But is it your sense that uh, the cracks are moving, they're getting worse, or are they, have they always been there? Uh, I think they've always been there, and I've tried to patch them up. I'm just wondering if it's going to continue to crack anywhere uh, else. If you've tried to patch them up and they've opened up again, it may be that you didn't patch them correctly. Let me tell you how we recommend you do that. I would lightly sand the area around the cracks, and then I would use fiberglass drywall tape, which is kind of meshy and a little sticky. Cut a piece of that, apply it to the crack, and then use about three layers of spackling compound on top of that. The fiberglass tape tends to be a lot stronger and bridges the two sides of the of the cracked area and makes sure it doesn't move because the area around a doorway or a window is the area of the wall that has the most movement. So developing hairline cracks there is not that uncommon, nor does it mean that you have a serious structural problem on your hands. It may just be that you didn't patch it correctly. Okay. I'll, I'll take that advice. I appreciate it. You're very welcome, Larry. Good luck with that project, and thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Dan in Arkansas needs some help tackling a deck project. What can we help you with? We have pretty recently seen Bridget stay home. It has a very expansive wood deck, approximately it's fifteen by ninety three, which will be fourteen hundred. Wow. that's huge. That's an aircraft yeah, yes, carrier. Yes, you have to pack a lunch <laughs> to get the one in. <laughs> the wood is unknown, but I'm guessing it's going to be pine or treated pine. Right. Deck is, deck has been painted uh, with probably a latex exterior or latex stain, and it's flaking off very badly. We're tracking it into the house. We're afraid about the dogs breathing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, some contractors suggested power washing. Others said that will break up the surface of the wood. 
And uh, so there we are. Uh, can't afford to replace the decking. We don't think at 1,400 square foot. We remove the deck. The first step is 15 foot to the ground. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, oh. i got to tell you, it's an enormous project to get the old paint off. Um, they're correct in saying that pressure washing could potentially damage the deck. And pressure washing really only should be used for rinsing. I mean, the tool's fine, but if you make it too strong, what happens is you wear out right. the uh, soft summer growth, which is the thick part of the ring of the tree. You sort of groove that out, and it definitely takes some life out of the deck. Probably the only way you're going to be able to get this off is to use is a chemical stripper. Mm-hmm. And even that by itself is a big job with 1,400 square feet. Yeah, and you're going to have to work in sections because you have to apply it as per manufacturer directions, you know, with a roller or with sort of like a, a mop applicator. And then you let it sit on that section for 10 minutes or so before it dries. But you want it to sort of sit there and saturate and do its job of breaking up the paint. And then you would lightly pressure wash it away, you know, get rid of the product and get rid of the paint that comes off with it. You wouldn't want to just pressure wash because, as Tom said, it would just be, you know, detrimental to the health of the lumber. But it's going to be a big undertaking, but you will be able to get it down to raw wood, which at that point you could then apply depending on the condition of the lumber. You know, is it checking? Is it splintery? Does it look okay? You know, depending on if it looks great, then you can go with a semi-transparent. If it looks a little worse for the wear, you had a hard time getting off a lot of the paint in some areas where it just really stuck. You might have to go with a solid stain, which is different from a paint because it still sort of saturates the wood itself. So you can see some of the green, but you get that, you know, pigmentation. And you can go with a natural tone in a solid color. You know, another option here, Dan, is and I know you say you don't have a lot of money to spend on this. You don't necessarily have to replace the entire deck. You can just do a deck makeover by pulling off the decking boards themselves and replacing them with a composite product like Fiberon. That is, uh, you know, sort of the half price way of getting a brand new deck because the structure is fine. Uh, you won't have to deal with that. And another thing that you could think about doing is take a look at the underside of the deck. And if you've got some bad boards, or maybe they're not painted on the bottom, you can pull them up and flip them over. Okay, well, thank you very much. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Up next, priming is the key to a good paint project. Learn what type of primer works best on every room in your house. You live in a Money Pit. The Money Pit is brought to you by Bostitch, professional quality hand tools, pneumatic and cordless nailers and staplers. Where home solutions live. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Pick up the phone, give us a call right now with your home improvement project. Let us help you solve your do-it-yourself dilemma. Let us help you start 2012 off on the right foot with the right home improvement advice. We're here to help you get those jobs done. The number again is 888-MONEYPIT. The website is moneypit.com, where you can also post your question to us. That's right. Michael from St. Louis did just that, and he writes, I have a finished bathroom that I have had to do some drywall repair work in. I understand that it is best to prime the drywall and joint compound before painting. Can you recommend a primer? 
Yes. Um, there are a number of different types of primer. For new work like that, I think you can use a latex-based primer. Um, it's actually an acrylic type of paint. Kills makes it. There are other brands as well. And I like it because it goes on and dries very quickly, and you literally can get going with your top coat within probably a half hour to 45 minutes of putting that, that primer on. But you don't want to paint without that. Not only will you waste more paint, you're not going to get a very smooth finish. The primers actually help smooth out the top coat of paint. So a very essential part of the process. All right. Next up, we've got Joe from Brooklyn who posted, there is a draft coming in by the windows in my apartment. The windows are old and they don't really close well. I don't own the apartment, but I do pay for my heat. How can I fix it? That's so crazy. You live there. You can't make the repairs that you need, but you have to pay for the inefficiency. Yeah, you have to pay for the repairs that the improvements the landlord didn't do. So crazy. Every month when you pay for the bill. Well, there are a few things you can do. And in fact, if you go to moneypit.com, we've got tons of tips for renters on how you can uh, cheaply and easily deal with stuff like this. But there's a product called Removable Weather Stripping Caulk. And I think DAP makes it. It's called Seal and Peel is their trade name. You can caulk those windows shut in the wintertime to seal out those drafts and then peel away the caulk without damaging the windows in the spring. Just make sure you do that only to windows that you don't have to open, such as a bedroom window that may need to be an emergency exit in the case of a fire or something like that. Mm -hmm. But Joe, it really does do the trick and it's readily available. So go out there and get it today and stay warm. Well, if you're concerned about using toxic materials for your home improvement projects, there are many ways you can green up some of those materials. Leslie has the last word this hour with one idea, tips for creating all natural wood stains. Yeah, if you're looking for a natural, non-toxic wood stain, you might want to raid your kitchen before you go anywhere else. Coffee, tea, even black walnut hulls can be steeped to make a concentrated solution that can be used as a stain. Black raspberries are also effective wood stain when crushed and then rubbed onto the wood. Just allow the berry pulp to dry on the wood and then wipe it away. Now, vinegar works as a wood stain when you add a metal object in the mix and then let it sit in a glass container for a week. For example, a handful of pennies will produce a beautiful pale Caribbean blue stain, a a wad of steel wool is going to give you a rich reddish hue. Now, as with any stain, you're going to want to check out the results on a piece of scrap from that same wood that you're going to be staining. Not only will this allow you to see if you like the stain, but you're going to have the opportunity to apply several coats to see, you know, how that shade changes and deepens, you know, depending on how many coats you add and what application process you use. Keep in mind also that stained wood can change with age, and that often, you know, brings around attractive results, but be prepared to potentially end up with a different look, you know, down the road. You can also use a clear sealant on top of your stain to keep it from fading. If you want some more ideas and specific instructions, just Google Money Pit Natural Wood Stain and you'll find everything you need to know there. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Thank you so much for spending this hour on this New Year's weekend with us. Coming up next week on the program, clogged sinks are a part of life. In fact, if you did a lot of holiday prep, you may have had one over the last few weeks. But the good news is that they are not something you have to live with. We're going to have some steps to help you clear those clogs safely and easily on the next edition of the Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. You live in a Money Pit.